Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today we will be talking about Easter. Um, Yay. Yeah, so I'll be very honest. I know uh, little about Easter. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so that Mm. is not something that I really grew up with or uh, participated in necessarily, definitely within the religious aspect. Um, But to start off with, Easter this year is going to fall on April 4th, 2021, and that will mark the end of Lent. Um, Yes. What do you, what, how do you feel about Easter? Or like, do you have a history with Easter? I think only when I was very, very small. Um, the thing is, is that basically uh, there was a period of my dad was studying for a PhD, so we would come over at sort of winter time in Britain. I can't remember exactly where, what what the dates were in terms of the months of the year, but it would it, it must have fallen somewhere between February and March, because I do remember doing Easter once or twice as a very small child. Um, so it, it kind of associated with things like Easter egg hunts, you know, egg painting. Um, egg rolling so basically the idea is you just roll the eggs down the hill and see whose egg survives the, the, the trauma um wait raw they're, eggs they're or... eggs, but... oh they're boiled okay boiled yeah so it's so we do that and then egg and spoon races things like that it was kind of like um i think they're all very english traditions but i think i was very small at the time so that's the reason we did it mm-hmm. um I don't think we did it for very long either i can't i can't remember when we stopped doing it but i mean and then afterwards easter became less of a thing um, right. You'd be aware of it and you'd be sort of like looking at it going, okay, yeah, this is when it happens. And it's always one of those fun ones is it, the fun thing that people don't remember about Easter is it changes its date every year. Yeah. And people get confused. I it's based on that. a lunar calendar. Yeah. So it's, I think it's, a, what is it? Uh, forget this right. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. So it can shift quite widely. So it could be full with anywhere within a period of a month. So it's... It's an interesting concept, anyway. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Somebody will correct me at some point and go, oh, wait, no, you got it in the wrong order. <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Um, take this stuff with the Easter bunny and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, did, I did some research into it because, I'll, like I said, I, I really have no background with Easter other than, like, seeing Easter bunny stuff in different countries. The like ambassador would dress up as the Easter bunny and would like hide <laughs> eggs around his the compound and stuff. And so we, as kids, we would try and go and find them. And that was really mm. cute. It kind of brought our community together because otherwise, you know, we're, we're all families living in a central area, but for a lot of us, we're, you know, still kind of separate. We don't really always get the chance to talk to each other as mm. as expats so it was a cool way of getting the community together and be able to interact with each other so yeah i was interested in like where it comes from so it's connected to passover which is a jewish yeah. festival that commemorates the liberation of the jewish people from slavery in e- egypt and so mm-hmm. if you're looking at it from the christian tradition um, what happened was that Jesus went into Jerusalem during the time of Passover and yeah. there was a big celebratory procession. And also there was a disturbance within the Jerusalem temple. And those two things mm-hmm. attracted the attention of the Romans, which eventually led uh-huh. to Jesus's execution. And so yes. that um, Easter is supposed to be the three days after he was entombed 
is when mm-hmm. he had come back to life. Um, he had resurrected, come back from the dead, and is now he was alive again. And people yeah. were like, oh, my gosh, he's no longer in his tomb. He's alive again. Um, <laughs> and then that is why, like, Easter exists within the Christian tradition. Yeah. We- What's interesting is that there has been an Easter-like celebration before that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that in many countries, um, the time of Easter is more closely, the name is closer to Passover. So in French, it's Bac. There's also Pasha. Like there's multiple ways of saying it, but yeah. it's closer to that. Whereas Easter is a very unique English-Germanic term Mm -hmm. like it's really those like areas that use that term so i was curious as to why um the name of easter it's believed that it comes from a pre-christian germanic goddess who is named uh eostre so Mm e-o-s-t-r-e um who is the goddess of the dawn and she was celebrated as a spring like this there was actually a month an old Germanic month that was dedicated to the worship of this goddess. We don't know much about the actual worship because it was no. only referenced once in one piece of text by a eighth uh, century monk called Venerable Bede. So oh, the Venerable Bede, yes, yes, Bede. Bede. There you go. So we don't we don't have a lot of like details as to how she was celebrated, but we're pretty sure that the name of Easter directly comes from that goddess. Well, that would make sense. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of a tradition of like, particularly the Roman Catholic Church, essentially kind of going right. Well, you guys already had a fe- have a festival, so what we'll do in order to make it easier for it to transition into the Christian side of things, what you do, is you could do all that stuff that you used to do. You just got to add Jesus into it, kind of thing. It was a way of like getting people on board without like getting rid of everything. Because obviously, <laughs> if people if you say to people, you got to stop doing everything you did, people tend to go, don't really wanna. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy as I was, and so you you. It's a, it's a nice way of kind of just like easing people into it and getting rid of some of the older stuff, but then you kind of like allow some of it to stay around because it does kind of make sense. I mean, if you want, it's better that they do a little bit of Christianity than none at all, mm-hmm. I suppose is the thinking. <laughs> so, you, you know, because, you know, how else are you going to do it? You know, it's just as long as, just as long as, you know, that coming to Jesus and coming to God, it's all right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's loads of stuff like that. I mean, it, it happens all the time. Um, and it's, it just, it's, I suppose it just makes political sense, really. It's just like, well, we're not going to get rid of all of it. So just so long as we can kind of like keep, a, keep tabs on it and control it, that's better than having no influence at all, mm-hmm. which does make sense. Yeah, it yeah. makes it easier to have people start to follow what you want them to believe if you say, oh, well, mm. it's, it's basically what you believe, but we're adding some stuff onto it. Instead of saying, well, yeah. whatever you believe right now, it's completely being erased and you have to believe this now. It's a little bit easier to yeah. ease people into things because they already do it or believe in it than to completely erase it and try to force them into this whole new thing. It's just easier to co-opt yeah. than to destroy completely. I'm sure yes. there are uh, ruling authoritarians who do not believe that, but it, <laughs> it's yeah. just easier to get people to do what you want them to do if they're already kind of doing it than to just yeah. say, don't do what you're doing, do this whole new thing. Yeah, I mean, because you, 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 you can't, it's sort of the idea of starting society from scratch. How do you do that? It's just too much effort. So what you do is you just kind of walk in and take over what's already there. And then, and it's funny because the Roman Empire kind of worked like that. They tended to like to invade places that were um, already pretty well set up. 
Yeah. Which is why they didn't like Britain very much, I think. They're just going, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> they genuinely did have those moments where they thought, there's just no point because there's nothing there. <laughs> like, I suppose, it, yeah, it's, it's the same sort of thing. You just walk in, take over what's already there and just co-opt it and use it. As, as it is, is there's no point in destroying the society yeah and it also makes sense as to why the roman like if you look at old roman mythology they co-opted a lot of gods and traditions from the greeks because mm-hmm. they were like wow this yeah. is a great setup we already kind of believe this so we're just going to change the names but they're basically the same and so it made yeah. greek communities more willing to follow along with the roman empire because it was like well we mm-hmm. do already believe that we're just changing the name of the god Okay, I mean, yeah. I'm not thrilled by it, but sure, we'll we'll go with it. <laughs> um, but it's it's really interesting with the like going back to Easter, because it is mm. a spring festival. That's really what it, yes, is. it is. If you look at Passover, yeah. if you look at Easter, they are around the time of spring. Passover has very different ways of celebrating compared to Easter. Um, that's its whole, mm. whole other thing. Yeah. Um, so I was curious as to where like the whole idea of the eggs and the bunnies came from, because th- <laughs> there's a joke, I think it's Eddie, it might be Eddie Izzard, who joked about how he was like, um, what is what do eggs and bunnies have to do with Jesus? And it's like, well, because Easter was a, a fertility festival, it's a spring festival, and then Jesus came around and was like, well, this is my festival now. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, not exactly that, but Eddie Izzard is known to make some historical inaccuracies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Though he does make some good jokes. Yeah, there was another one that was, uh, there was a comedian, Dave Allen, when he was talking about when he was a child and he was first sent because he was from Ireland, and some of the people that you, you would uh, get to uh, teach children would be the nuns. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to get to send them to the lo- local area, the local convent, and so he got sent to one of these convents, and he doesn't know about Jesus at all or anything like that, and he says. He asks about the story of Jesus, and she says, well, he was born on Christmas and died on Easter. And he said, well, he didn't hang around long, did he? (laughs) I just love that one. That's so (laughs) ridiculous. Oh, my God. It is. is, I think, I I wonder whether Easter is just a much more Catholic thing than anything else, because... But then they do it in Britain and in England quite a lot. I mean, it's it's, it's always, you know, it's a big thing. You've got all the snacks and the things that will snatch chocolates it's just not it's just chocolate eggs and all that sort of stuff everywhere mm-hmm. in all the shops and it's all over the place i mean people do enjoy it and it does you know and it's, you know, it's just that specific thing though isn't it the eggs and the rabbits i'm not do they do a lot of stuff in the u.s oh it's everywhere <laughs> there's there's <laughs> eggs everywhere there's rabbits everywhere so Apparently, yeah. the tradition of really like incorporating, like very strongly incorporating eggs and rabbits and all that symbology was around the 17th century. They wanted to include children more within the religion. There was this growing yeah. belief that children, it wasn't just a step towards adulthood, it was his own process. And you had to start learning how to treat children as you know, their own, its own rightful thing. And so they started trying to find ways to teach uh, to children, getting them engaged in religion. And so Mm. they started using the idea of the eggs and the bunnies, um, which already was around a long time before this really grew, but it was really big uh, in Germany. And actually Germany started a tradition of the Easter hare, excuse me, (laughs) the Easter hare, um, who would bring eggs to good children 
And so that was a tradition that was started around the 17th century. And then a lot of the traditions that got built by Germanic peoples during that time period started coming to the U.S., uh, via immigrants in the 18th and 19th century. So there's actually mm-hmm. quite a few of the traditions that we have in the U.S. Um, came from that group, from Germanic people who were moving over here. So the reason yeah. with hares and rabbits is because they're incredibly fertile. If you, yes. you don't know this, um, you're, you have no idea what's going on in nature. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a well-known... Uh, symbology of rabbits having a lot of children and having a lot of sex which causes more rabbits so um rabbits are a symbol of spring and fertility and then eggs are another symbol of fertility because chickens don't really lay eggs during the winter if any and it's during the spring that they start laying eggs again so it's another way of symbolizing new life new growth yeah i mean one of the things that makes sense with the hairs is the thing is is that in spring they have this thing which they call the mad march hares mm-hmm. which is basically you do see hares running around in the field so you'll see two of them and what they're doing is they're boxing each other around the fields they'll be like you can see hares fighting in the fields <laughs> so um that happens they call them the mad march hares because you see it in march and they just you do see these hares fighting each other and they actually essentially it doesn't look like they're boxing each other wow um, so and, and they're kind of obvious because obviously the fields are empty they haven't got any crops in them or anything like that and they just use the space and you can see them darting around i mean with COVID and stuff like that, I haven't had a chance to go out and look in the fields particularly. But I mean, if you do have a chance to at some point, you can go out. You know, it must happen all over Europe because I'm pretty sure that they're, I think they're native to most countries in Europe, are hares. I mean, if they're native to Britain, they're probably native to everywhere else. So mm-hmm. you're probably able to see it. It's a, it's a weird thing to watch because you do notice it. <laughs> you hear about it and you go, is that real? And you see it in the field and you go, oh, it is real. Oh, it's very real. Do they, are they fighting over mates? Is that where they're fighting? I think it is. I can't remember whether it's females trying to fend off males or males fighting each other. I cannot remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. I can't but remember it, it, which one it is. But it has something to do with the mating season. Yes. And you do see it. It's, it's quite obvious because, I mean, hares are quite large and if you can't, and they're quite tall compared to a rabbit. Mm-hmm. When they walk, they're quite high off the ground, whereas rabbits sort of like crouch and hop, whereas a hare really kind of runs. And they do have the big, longer ears as well. See when the field's empty of stuff, they're quite obvious. You can see them moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that in a very long time. I have seen it, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. So I was just—I was also kind of curious about the rabbit thing because obviously rabbits didn't didn't arrive in Europe. I think until at least the ten hundreds, they were imported. So they certainly didn't arrive in Britain until the Normans arrived. So I was just wondering how all the tradition was. But I mean, yeah, if it's seventeen hundreds, then yeah, that makes sense. It was saying. saying at least the seventeenth century was when the seventeenth oh, century. Okay that those traditions started regarding like eggs and rabbits and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so interesting. And actually one of the things I, I was, when I was doing research was why we decorate the eggs. Cause I've always, mm. it's fun. That was one of the things I loved doing as a kid and was probably yeah. one of the only like Easter traditions that my family ever really had us do was decorating yeah. the eggs because it's boiled eggs. You can use them in a bunch of different things. So it's like, even if you decorate it, it doesn't change the taste of the egg. It's their no, eggs. Exactly. Um, so I was curious as to why it's such a big thing. And some scholars were saying that it's because the colors 
remind us of the flowers that are growing during the mm. springtime. So winter is seen as very dark and lonely and everything's kind of dead. So when spring starts yes. arriving, it's all about the growth and nature and flowers coming out. So you those started getting represented on the eggs themselves. So it's really popular yeah. to have like little decorations that are almost pastel in color because it symbolizes yeah. that kind of new color of spring. Yeah, that, that that does make sense. I mean, just at the moment looking at stuff, there is a lot of like, you know, brightly colored flowers out and about. So you get the yellows, you get sort of purples and blues and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that does make sense. And it is one. it just seems to be one of those things that really is ubiquitous. You do see it like always being represented as something that people will do. I mean, even with like the Charlie Brown cartoons and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know, that you see them doing that in the East. I think you just kind of go, okay, so they do it in the States, um, do it in Britain. Um, I suppose, you know, the United States does take a lot of stuff from Western Europe in terms of those sort of like Christian traditions anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they take, they take stuff from everywhere because everybody goes to the United States, but you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not a surprise that they do it there as well. Yeah. I should be saying. Oh no, Easter is really big here. I mean, Jay and I, hmm. when we were doing some shopping back in like, I want to say middle of March, maybe early March, there was already Easter stuff that was out. Yeah. I can't remember when it started coming out this year. I think it came out really early in Britain. I'm sure it was there by February. I'm sure it was. Mm -hmm. But then I can kind of forgive it this year just because of everything that's going on. You can, oh, yeah, there's something nice happening at some point. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the it's, time, but something happened. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something nice is going to happen soon. So, you know, quite nice. <laughs> Um, well, I suppose because it is, you know, because Lent is quite a long process. So it is, it, I suppose you can kind of say that, yeah, it's okay because, you know, there's a long period of time in the build up towards it. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, I, I'll forgive it this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that I always notice with Easter is that there is a huge, it's close to Halloween in the idea of like candy. Like, there's a, mm, yeah. a very strong link, at least in modern times. I don't know how traditional that is, but I know um, definitely since I was a kid, there's been a lot more candy that I've noticed around Easter. Mm. And it's all sorts. It's not just chocolate. There's also, like, sweet, right. boiled sweets and other things that get sold and given to kids during Easter, usually when Easter egg hunting. So, like... I yes. vividly remember you would get these like little plastic eggs that would get filled with candy and then those would get hidden everywhere. Okay. And so if you collected right, as yeah, many yeah. eggs as you could, you would get more candy out of it. Yeah. I mean, because I think when, because as I was saying, when we came over to Britain, because my dad was doing the PhD and stuff like that, we used to do it. We used to have like the Easter egg hunts in my great grandparents' garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had quite a large garden and obviously a small kid. So obviously the, if it's a garden that's pretty big, then it's easy to try and wander around trying to find stuff and it's all quite good fun. So I do remember that doing doing that as a small child. I can't remember how old I would have been. I think like six or seven, something like that. Uh, yeah, you know. so small. So small, very small. So that's It's a great way of keeping so your vague. kids occupied. Well, just as long as you don't lose them. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus! Um, I'm sure you won't lose your children in the garden, but yeah. I mean, I would hope not, but <laughs> it's in your own garden. Um, but yeah, no, I I definitely remember as a kid mm. doing that. Um, and it it was usually an event that would get hosted by the ambassador in whatever country we were in. Mm. So once I started traveling, that was something that I always really 
liked, that I thought that was something that could go from one country to another, even if it wasn't something that was traditional within that country. It was something that could bring a lot of the local, the expats together. So all Mm, the American families could come together and they could celebrate Easter by having an event with like some little snacks and an Easter egg hunt for the kids. You maybe have photos with the Easter bunny. It was just an excuse to like meet all the families, get together and hang out. Um, without there yeah. necessarily really being any stress. It was just, hey, it's Easter. None of us seem to really be religious, or if they are, they're doing their own <laughs> thing. We're just here for the Easter egg hunt and getting candies. Like, that's yeah. all we really care about. <laughs> but it's quite a good community thing, isn't it? I think that's the thing about it, is it does really help to have that sort of, especially in that sort of situation, it is something that everybody can kind of go, yeah, it doesn't, the religious element doesn't matter, but it's quite a nice, fun thing for everybody to do to get together and do that. Mm-hmm. I suppose, I suppose Easter has always been quite communal in a way, hasn't it? It's uh, not in the same way, because Christmas isn't. Whereas Easter seems to be much more kind of like, yeah, let's go outside and stuff like that. And I suppose you want to in sort of like, if the weather's getting better, it's like, yeah, let's go outside. We've been cooped up inside for months. Let's go and mm-hmm. get some chocolate and feed the kids and watch them go mental for a couple of hours and then take them home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really, it's really cool that it's something that, you know, I think as a culture in the United States, we're at least younger generations are tending to move away from a very faith-based way of living. Mm. I think a lot of younger Americans are finding themselves um, either atheists or agnostics or just with no belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still certain traditions that are moving on without that faith attached to it. So there are still people who... Yeah. I know who are like, I'm not religious, but we celebrate Easter. And same thing that we mm. talked about I, when we were talking about Christmas um, a bunch of episodes ago is that people <laughs> are still following the some of the traditions where it's like we're giving gifts, we're taking care of each other, but not really the religious aspect. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's like that in a lot of countries nowadays, though, isn't it? It's particularly in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you don't see such strong religious desires anymore. I mean, there are, but I mean, it's it's it, generation on generation. It becomes less and less powerful. I mean, there are some people who are definitely very religious, but oh yeah, I'm, I don't. I I think sure there are always people who will have. Longer. I think there are people who will always have strong faith, um, mm. and I I don't want to deny them that. I think that's their own no. prerogative, um, but it should be everyone's prerogative to be able to believe if they want to or not. Um, so yeah. it is kind of cool that we're still able to participate and still able to interact with each other without faith having to be the connection between everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, it's such a strange festival anyway, because it has all these elements in it. And the thing is, is it really obviously has shifted from the kind of the, from the Christian itself. So we're not really thinking about the resurrection of Christ. We're thinking about Easter bunnies and painting eggs and kind of having a festival Mm -hmm. more than, thinking about kind of going right so we're going to go to church and then we're going to go there and we're going to think about you know our lord and savior and then you know be sensible is we don't quite do that and i think it does also kind of like a festival for children as well which is interesting yeah it does feel more like that that's probably maybe why we as you get older it kind of like drops out of your mind because it is quite a lot more focused around children but then that kind of makes sense in the sense of rebirth doesn't it i suppose in weird ways is that your children are the next generation so they're the uh yeah, the yeah. extension of the self, kind of in a way. Um, some no, people it, like to say it definitely like that. feels it definitely feels very child centered. Like Easter feels mm. like a lot of the 
the celebratory aspects of it are geared towards a younger person wanting them to have fun discovering things Mm. but then there's also the more like adult um idea of spring and rebirth and growth and fertility like you really can't escape that with with easter because it's so closely connected to the beginning of spring and the idea of like okay everything's growing we're starting to get nice weather again you see plants and trees and things that are not dimmed by the darkness of winter anymore we're starting to get Mm. more light so we're starting to get more growth so it's it's very interesting where it is a very child geared festival but it's also pretty adult when you think about it because it's like it's spring children will be around again soon (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's just it's really interesting i think another thing that's kind of interesting about it is that there is no real like food that is dedicated to easter because like no because like christmas people think of having like the christmas dinner with the roast or a turkey or whatever it is that's very big in your country or your family and then there's other things like for halloween people immediately mm. think candy chocolate like that's exactly what you think of and then mardi gras we have the king cake so it's just interesting how easter as such a big holiday doesn't exactly have like a centerpiece food because mm. you could technically say the eggs but really no one's eating a bunch of eggs on easter there's no, no. You, you really decorate them that's the focus yes. and then you'll have egg salad for the next 40 days because you've boiled a million <laughs> eggs um <laughs> that's what happened to us we would have a ton of eggs and then it was like well i guess we're gonna have a lot of egg salad and some uh deviled eggs because that's what we've got oh yeah that's all right <laughs> you just go, yeah, it's, what was for dinner? Salad niçoise. We had it yesterday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the only thing I can think of that might be sort of vaguely associated would probably be the eating of fish. I don't know if that's if my memory is playing tricks on me, but often with like in Christian religious festivals, you'll eat fish because Christ, for whatever reason, I think in the Greek, the if you if you're putting out christ's initials it would be an i and a c which are the two first letters of ichthos which is fish hmm. so the fish is associated with christ it's a really old symbol that i think it was kind of like code because christians obviously couldn't um show that they were christian for a long time so it was a kind of a code so if you like said if you pick fish would be a kind of a thing so but i don't know if that was actually something that was true that people would particularly be interested in eating fish on easter or whether i'm making that up I'm sort of smashing two other traditions together. I don't know mind. about fish on Easter. I know that throughout Lent, a lot of people, because they give up mm. meat, they have fish instead. Like, definitely yes. here in Buffalo, I know that during the time of Lent, a ton of restaurants will do, like, a fish fry special or, yeah. like, fish on Fridays. Like, always they'll have this specific fish dishes that are available I don't know why it's like always Friday, but some restaurants will do it for the entire period of Lent where they'll have like more fish options yeah. than they usually have. I wonder why it'd be Friday. I don't know. For, uh, it could just be for the fact that it begins with an F. I don't know. <laughs> fish Friday. It fish Friday. It, like, <laughs> it sounds like it should mean something more than that, but I mean, I don't know why. I, I don't um, know. But I, I know that during the time of Lent, a lot of Christians will turn towards fish instead of having beef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So it yeah. might be that maybe for Easter, it's like, oh, well, Easter continuation of Lent, maybe fish. That would make sense. But I don't know. Mm. I, like That's also the thing for me with Easter where it's like, 
I I have re- I have always approached it from a non-religious perspective, so it's really interesting yes. to me to like try and delve into it and learn more about it because it it's something that I have no real like strong attachment to other than yeah. because I I do I do practice some magic and I have certain like mm. ways of going about the world and I know that for me uh Oestra is really big for spring and like celebrating spring festival. So in that sense, it's important, but um, yeah, not the very strong other religious ties for me. No, there was one thing actually, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but the thing is, is that, you know, you know, um, you know, Whitby and Dracula. Yes. Where Dracula first comes to the, comes to the UK Mm -hmm. is actually, that's where it was decided when Easter should happen. Because there were two different religious ideas at the time. So the England had become sort of part of the Roman Catholic Church, but it was a, it was working with a much older calendar or a, diff- or a different system that the Celtic Christians would be using, the people who came over from Ireland. So they had a a meeting there to decide when when Easter should be held. They determined it at Whitby. Interesting. I didn't know I'm that. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, St Hilda. It's like the... <laughs> When One I was, of the early English saints. When I was doing research, I thought that I saw that there was a Roman um, leader who, like, it was way after Jesus died, <laughs> um, and he, like, brought together a council of people, and they were trying to decide, like, dates and official, when are we going to celebrate these things, and he was one of the reasons that um, Easter right. got decided to be celebrated on those Sundays. The Constantine, that would have been... Probably. I need to go back and do that research. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was, like, skimming through a lot of it and was like, this is so fascinating and I really need to, like, learn more about it, but I only know the very basics. Um, Easter, Roman, <laughs> Emperor... No, Easter. Mm. I can't type. Yeah, it's comp- it's, it's so complicated. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just interesting. It's definitely something where if you have yeah. an interest in like where different holidays come from and how they inspire each other, um Easter is a perfect example of how we like because there has been this history of, oh, well, it's a Christian holiday and that's all we know it as. It's really interesting to go and do the mm-hmm. research and then learn, oh, well, that was based on a different holiday and it came from this. And that's why it has certain symbols that may not make sense now, but at the time period made a lot of sense. Um, yes. So I I think that's always really fascinating. And it's good to learn like where things come from so that you have a better idea of why it's being celebrated in a certain way or why people are involved in it in a certain way. It's because there's a history behind it. You just may not know what that history is. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to learn though. So much to learn. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's kind of it for Easter uh, for us. (laughs) Um, But I do want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. We had a really fun time talking about bunnies and eggs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And if you want to reach out to us, we are on Twitter. It is uh, Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. 
and we're rolling with it. And um, yeah. also we are on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you can listen to amazing podcasts. So definitely uh, check out our other podcasts on various topics that we've previously spoken of. Feel free to uh, subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. And I do want to thank you for listening to us. Oh, we're also on YouTube. Um, if you want yes. to uh, listen to us via that um, way of doing it, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.